Hello, and welcome to another season of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shante, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. I want to officially welcome you to a new year. Happy New Year. And I know you all are thinking, girl, it's like two weeks into the new year and here you come with Happy New Year. Y'all know my story, okay? <laughs> you, you know my situation. You know that the holiday season was rough on a sister, but I am back and I am here and I am so looking forward to these next outing of series. And I mean, I just got them lined up back to back to back. So we are starting with the self-love series and then we're going to get to the infamous dating series. That one is going to be a fun one. And then we're talking about self-sabotage and transformation and we're going to talk friendship, just so many things, so many relevant things that are applicable to living a whole and complete life. But I really wanted to start with self-love because you guys know that I'm hosting the whole and complete retreat. And if you have not registered for that, there's still time for you to do so. So go to wholeandcompleteretreat.com. I do want to address something real quick though, like at the start of this, it's the double occupancy thing. And so sometimes people read that and think that they have to have somebody along with them in order for them to go on this trip. No, I specifically partnered with Ladies and Luggage and Ladies and Luggage is a black owned luxury travel agency. And they, they curate these trips for women, for solo travelers who want to go and do things, but single occupancy usually costs so much money. So if you're traveling by yourself, it usually costs at least 15 to 20% more to travel alone than it is to travel. Like if you had somebody rooming with you to split those costs and what have you, and they curate these experiences for solo travelers and they pair them together. And I'm telling you, these women have become like lifelong friends. And so for the place that we have rented out for the whole and complete retreat, we don't e- we're not even sharing like bedrooms. And so sometimes people think a double occupancy is sharing bedrooms. These are actually two bedroom condos. So if you attend, even if you don't have anybody to attend with, you still get your own bedroom. You get your own bedroom, you get your own bathroom, you even get your own balcony. <laughs> the only uh, shared space you have is kind of like the living space. So it's not like you have to like be in the room with somebody and try to like drum up small talk and all that sort of thing. Because I know I have a lot of introverts on this show that are like, oh my gosh, how is that going to work? It's not like that. You have your own room, your own space. Go ahead and get yourself registered. Now, self-love is at the crux of the next three episodes out of this podcast. And I wanted to start here because this really becomes the genesis of so many of the things that that are going to take shape for the rest of the season. When you don't have a foundation of loving yourself, when you don't have a roadmap for that, when you don't have a practice for cultivating that in your life, so many other things in your life fall apart. And this is something that we're also going to be addressing heavily at the retreat. So our guiding scripture is Matthew 22 verses 34 through 40. And they read as thus, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. I like the way that the King James Version says is the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I love this passage of scripture because a couple of things. 
So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these were like Jewish religious leaders. And when Jesus came on the scene talking about acceptance and inclusion, they weren't trying to hear none of that. <laughs> they were not trying to hear any of that. Jesus came talking about grace and they were all about like rules and regulations. And the Sadducees were these like aristocratic, wealthy, well-to-do guardians of the temple, right? You know, and the Pharisees, not, not as much. They were religious as well, but they definitely had some kind of like ideological differences. And seeing that the Sadducees, so the wealthy elite religious leaders had already failed to stump Jesus, then here come the Pharisees to try to take their, their shot, right? To try to take their chance and take their opportunity. And trying to test him, say like, which of these is the greatest, right? And so the greatest is that we should love God, like with all of our hearts, minds, and souls. And the second is like unto it, is just like it, is, is right there. And it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So today we're going to be talking about love defined and love divine. Normally, I would have like three subsets of things to talk about. But y'all, when I, oh my goodness, self-love is so deep and so rich. By the time I got done with love divine, I said, Okay, this is like a whole half hour's worth of stuff. And if I go any further, <laughs> we are going to be like well past our usual time. And I am one of those people, and maybe it's just my short-term attention deficit issues, but anything that's longer than like a half hour, oh my goodness, it it I really have to like double down and like really try to focus. It's got to be like really, really good. So usually when things get past a certain length for this podcast, I'll just... I'll just extend the series, right? So today we're going to be talking about love defined and love divine. So as we always do on this podcast, let's talk about definitions, shall we? So what is the definition of self-love? Y'all, I looked high and I looked low and I was trying to find a definition that I thought would fit neatly within the faith paradigm. And I went back to the ready for love series. So if you didn't listen to that. I think it was in season two, I want to say season two, you can go back and listen to that. But truthfully, it was hard to kind of find a definition that I really liked. And so I did go back to the love definition, the one developed by Tony Evans out of the Christian Standard Bible, and I modified it. I modified it and changed it and created my own definition of self-love that we will be using as a lens and framework to frame this whole discussion on self-love. So here is the definition that we are using. Self-love is the decision, so it's a decision, not a feeling, to consistently, consistently meaning to choose regularly, compassionately, meaning out of concern for, and righteously, based on God's standard, pursue happiness and well-being. So self-love is the decision to consistently, compassionately, and righteously pursue happiness and well-being. And it's very important for us to get the definition right. It's important for us to understand that each part of this definition has to be examined before we can talk about the ways that, you know, this definition has been kind of distorted and misinterpreted and twisted and altered to suit the needs and agendas of other people. Self-love is like love for others. Okay. So just like choosing to love other people is a decision, self-love is a decision. Okay. You and I are born with survivalist instincts, survivalist instincts, self-preservation instincts. But many of us do not instinctually feel compelled to love ourselves. 
So for example, if you are not a strong swimmer and you accidentally find yourself in the deep end of the pool or out in deeper waters than you had anticipated, there is an automatic, almost knee-jerk, and in some cases panicked response to try to propel your body back to where your feet can touch the ground, back to where you feel safe, back to where you feel that you are not going to drown. That is a survivalist instinct. It is so ingrained in us that we don't even have to think about it. When we don't feel safe or we feel like our lives are in danger, we will move and operate in ways instinctively to put us back in a range of safety. But self-love does not work like that. I wish it did. I really do. I wish it did, but it doesn't. How often have you found yourself or other people in relationships with work or with friends or with family with significant others that have threatened to take them under, that have threatened to take you under. And rather than using those survivalist instincts of self-preservation, right, rather than kicking out or rather than swimming to shore or rather than sending up a flare or calling for help, too many times we allow ourselves to get taken farther and farther away from the shore, farther and farther away from safety, farther and farther away from the dynamics that we can control, farther from sanity. And in some cases, we get taken under. We drown in a sea of toxic emotions and snide comments and manipulative patterns of behavior, lies and betrayal from other people. That is why it is so crucial to understand that self-love is a decision because the instinct to get out of those dynamics, out of those perilous dynamics, those perilous entanglements and relationships are not always instinctive. And so not only is self-love is a, is a decision, but it is one that you make consistently. So in the same way that you choose to show up daily for the people that you love, that you choose to make compromises and concessions and sacrifices for the people that you love, you have to do so for yourself as well. Not just every now and then, but daily. You know, I'm always struck by how often people will post pictures of themselves at the salon or the spa or the nail shop and have captions like self-care, right? But let me ask you something. Suppose you had a baby, and many of us have had babies, okay? Like a whole infant, and you kept the baby's skin nice and moisturized, and the baby's hair was nice and combed and nicely laid, and you kept the baby's nails safely cut, you know, so it wouldn't be too sharp and don't scratch themselves. But if that was all you were doing for the baby, is that enough? No. You make sure that the baby's nutritional needs are met because babies cannot consume everything that we can. So you go out of your way to do meal prep. So whether that's breast pump or formula, babies require medical visits at specific intervals. And so you make sure that those doctor's appointments get made. You make sure that the baby gets on the sleep schedule. You make sure that the baby gets changed when he or she is uncomfortable. And so you do a lot more than just kind of like that outer work and, you know, that outer maintenance for the baby. You do a whole lot of inner work and things that will consistently sustain and maintain that baby's health and well-being. And so the question is, why don't we do that for ourselves? Right. Why don't we prep our meals? Why do we let too many months go by without seeing a doctor? Why don't we set appropriate boundaries when we're feeling uncomfortable? That's self-care. Do you see the difference? And so I'm not saying, you know, let your hair and your nails go. You know, I'm not saying be out here looking bogus and raggedy and dry and ashy. But I am saying that you can look cute and not love yourself. Hello? You can be cute and not be well, <laughs> which brings us to the next part of our definition, which is compassion. 
So the definition that we're using of self-love is the decision to consistently, compassionately, and righteously, righteously pursue happiness and well-being. So in the future, we will do a whole series on self-compassion, but for this purposes, we cannot overlook this part. What do you tell yourself about yourself when you mess up? What do you tell yourself when people disappoint you, when things don't go as planned? Do you speak kindly to yourself or do you berate yourself and tell yourself all the reasons why you were to this and you were to that and you were not enough here and you were not enough there. So like when relationships don't work out, do you berate yourself and say things like, see, that's why you need to just be alone. That's exactly why you need to just stop trying to to, to be in a relationship this is why you need to stop trying to because don't nobody want you like that I mean like you doing too much you trying too hard and where does it get you like you know we we do have these whole mean girl conversations with ourselves guys you have these conversations with yourself too you kick yourself when you're down okay are you an actual friend to yourself do you gas yourself up like you gas up other people like you got this you can do this I love you I'm cheering for you I'm here for you I'm rooting for you or do you put yourself down? Are you there for yourself? Like you're there for other people? How often do you check in with yourself and ask, are you okay? Self-love means that you are not only consistently choosing to pursue happiness and well-being, but that you are actually showing concern for yourself. Compassion means to show concern for. Our scripture today talks about loving others as we love ourselves, it says the second is likened to it. The second is just as important as the first, okay? And it says that we love others as we love ourselves. But here's the rub, right? What if you don't love yourself? Hmm? <laughs> what if What if you don't love yourself? Ru truly, really, honestly, sincerely. What if you truly don't love yourself? And if it says that we ought to love others like we love ourselves, we wonder why so many of our relationships are in trouble because it's hard to give what you don't have. And I know, you know, this is really controversial. Brene Brown, she has a definition of love and she has gone on record and says that you can only love people as much as you love yourself. And people are like, uh-uh, because I love my kids this way and I love my kids that way and this, that, and the third. But, but we'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to show you how that whole argument kind of like falls apart, right? And then the last part of our definition, righteousness, right? So, the decision to consistently, compassionately, and righteously pursue happiness and well-being. Righteousness means that as a believer, you do understand that you are a child of God, right? Like that that's what it is to be a believer, that there is a code of conduct for how you treat your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you too are included in that, right? <laughs> like you are God's child. It's not like this is just how you treat them because they're believers and they love the Lord. You love the Lord too. And so you need to include yourself in that dynamic. And there are moments where you need to ask yourself, if you are beating yourself up when you mess up, when you drop the ball, when things go wrong in your life, and you're saying all kinds of, of terrible things, and you're being a mean girl to yourself, you need to ask yourself, why am I saying this to God's child? Why am I doing this to God's child? So you go on a, a binge, you know, you go and, and eat a whole bunch of stuff, drink a whole bunch of stuff, buy a whole bunch of stuff, sex a whole bunch of people. It, like, Why are you doing this to God's child? Why are you allowing this to happen to God's child? Why are you allowing this person to treat God's child this way? Believers, you are God's children. 
a royal priesthood, co-laborers and joint heirs with Christ. You have to be your own secret service. You are worthy of protection, just like the Clintons, just like the Bidens, just like the Obamas, like you, you are precious to God. And so when you are precious to God, then you have to engage in such a way that demonstrates how precious you are to him and that you just can't let yourself go under and treat yourself any old kind of way. You are God's child. And so this last piece of the definition is really critical. Pursuing happiness and well-being. Hear me and hear me well. Somehow, some way, we got it twisted up, right? We got it twisted up. We got it in our minds that being on this Christian road meant that we were to endure a life of suffering and servitude. I'm going to tell you something. Service is not the same as servitude. Servitude is slavery. Servitude is not the same thing as serving others. Servitude is a whole subordinate dynamic that we don't even have time to unpack but but somehow Christianity and being a follower of Christ has gotten twisted and mangled up into that notion that we're supposed to endure a life of suffering and servitude that we have to bear our burden in the heat of the day and that things like pursuing happiness and well-being are selfish if I had a noise machine this is the part where I would insert the crickets So what that means is you have to stay in that miserable marriage. Hmm. That means that you have to do for others, even when you have to do without. Hmm. In the words of Martin Lawrence, somebody done told you wrong. Listen, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full abundant life. That doesn't just mean the afterlife. That means the life that you got to live right here, right now on this earth. We love to quote the book of Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And in some versions, it says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Meaning God is saying, I know what I intend for your life. Plans to what? Prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a what? A future and a hope. What part of that sounds like suffering servitude? What part of the game is that? Does that mean that you're never going to suffer? Of course not. Jesus also said, in this world, you will have trouble. But, I love a but, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. If I have said it once, I have said it a million times on this podcast. Believers, you are not fighting for victory. You are fighting from victory. Spoiler alert. The fix is in. You have won. You have already, the deal is sealed. God is on your side. The battle is won. In the end, we win. Okay? And... As believers, is it our task to be like fully self-absorbed? No, of course not. I'm not saying that at all, not even a little bit. We all have a charge to be salt and light in this world, but how can you be salt and light for anybody when you don't have love for yourself? How can you be salt and light when you don't think that you're worthy of love and joy and happiness? How are you trying to sell Kool-Aid that you ain't even drinking? That's hypocrisy. So when we talk about, well, I love my kids this way and I do for them and I sacrifice for them and da 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 and I don't have to feel that way about myself in order to do for them. But, but, but that framework is one that's b- built in a lie, in a fallacy. It's like we want our kids to have high self-esteem, but we don't model it. We want our friends to love themselves and be in these healthy, thriving relationships, but we still get caught up in entanglements and situationships. We want God to bless us with these whole and healthy partners, but we don't want to do the work to mend the brokenness in our own hearts. 
make it make sense because the math ain't mathing. You know, I love to travel. Y'all know this, okay? Y'all know this very well. And this pandemic, ugh, just ugh. But I have yet, in all of my travels, I have yet to board a flight where the flight attendant did not say, in the event of a loss of air pressure in the cabin, please put on your own mask before helping others. They like, look, (laughs) when things go sideways, if things are going left, you need to make sure that you are okay. You need to make sure that you are in a place of stability and safety before you can go and try help somebody else be in stability and safety, okay? In the words of Andrew Caldwell, please wear your mask, okay? It is very important that you put on that mask. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you really need to Google Andrew Caldwell and, and talk about the importance of of wearing that mask okay because the bottom line is even in this pandemic it is important that you wear your mask no matter whether you have relatives who have COVID and so many people do especially with this variant that's floating around it's just so doggone contagious but you still have to wear your mask you still have to drink your water you still need to eat your vegetables you still need to get a good night's sleep you cannot wring yourself out dry and then expect to to be anything for anybody okay you can't keep showing up weary weak and worn down and and not have anything for yourself that's not how this is supposed to work that is not how this is set up which brings us to love divine self-love is actually divine y'all and first corinthians so many of you are, are familiar with this passage of scripture first corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through seven says love is patient and love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongdoing love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres first corinthians 13 has been read at just about every black wedding i have ever attended And the intention is always how we are to love one another, specifically husbands and wives. But the original intention of this letter, because this is a letter from the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and his intent was to address issues within the church and questions within the church with respect to codes of conduct and how to treat one another. And just like we have extrapolated that text and used it for weddings, I'm going to extrapolate it here and use it for self-love. So let's start with the first one, right? Love is patient. Are you patient with yourself? When things don't happen right away or when it takes you longer to grasp or master things than it may have taken others, do you have patience with yourself? You know, Kim Kardashian just recently was like, oh my gosh, I passed the baby bar. She didn't pass it the first time. She didn't pass it the second time. She ain't passed it the third time, but on that fourth go round, (laughs) you know, she finally got over the hump and and pass it because you know she's studying to become an attorney and so sometimes things just don't happen for us right away sometimes things don't pop for us things don't shake for us like they shake for other people and in that and when they don't are you patient with yourself are you giving yourself grace in those moments the scripture says love is kind are you kind to yourself what do you say to yourself about yourself when you stand naked in the mirror Mm -hmm. i know i'm stepping on toes What do you say about your body to other people? Girl, this gut. Girl, this back fat. Girl, I'm just such a a cow. Oh, I'm just so heavy. Oh, man. 
oh nobody want this this that and the third like do you say those things out loud on text message like is this is this what we doing this is how you talking about yourself because your waist is not quote unquote snatched you know you you dragging yourself down are you the first person who pops up with the insults about yourself so that you can save everybody else the trouble it's like well i know everybody else is thinking it so let me just go ahead and say say it ha 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 he 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 that's not funny that that's not kind okay <laughs> you're not being kind to yourself so when you talk down to yourself about yourself when you talk down about yourself to other people you are not demonstrating self-love and kindness love is patient love is kind okay it doesn't cost you anything to be kind to yourself and if you are struggling to be kind to yourself then I would suggest that you are struggling to love yourself because again we can't be out here selling Kool-Aid that we not drinking. Okay. So we can't be sitting up here trying to tell others to be kind to themselves and girl, you look good. And, and that's so flattering and forget what other people think. How come that don't apply to you? Why does that apply to them? And it doesn't apply to you. Why do they deserve that encouragement? But you don't deserve that encouragement. What's really going on. The scripture says love does not envy. So are you happy and content within yourself? It doesn't mean that you love every single thing about yourself because we have flaws we have errors. We have things that need to change. We have growth opportunities, okay, areas where we need to grow. But for the most part, can we find happiness and contentment within ourselves? Do we have a life that's filled with gratitude and appreciation for what we have? Or is it filled with bitterness and resentment and longing for what we don't have? The scripture says that love does not boast. It is not proud. I see y'all on TikTok. I'm pulling up on you, put some respect on my name. You know, I'm messing with you. You know, these things are so hilarious to me, but you know, <laughs> you know, are, are you going around talking about what you did for other people to make yourself look like more and them look like less? Because see, that's one of the little dirty secrets about self-love. You can tell a lot about whether or not somebody loves themselves by how they talk about and treat other people. This scripture says that love is not self-seeking, meaning it does not display selfishness. Just because you love yourself does not mean that you don't regard other people. Our guiding text, love your neighbor as you love yourself, suggests that in the same way that you look out for your own interests, you need to be looking out for the interests of others as well. Scripture says that love is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongdoings. We love to keep the receipt, don't we? You remember that time? He said, she said, he did, you did. Oh, I ain't forgot. I may have forgiven, but I sure ain't forgot. This scripture says that love does not keep record of wrongdoings, okay? Because if you go all the way to Revelations, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible where it's talking about how we have won, right? How we have gotten the victory, it says the accuser of our brethren has been cast down. So the enemy, the devil is, is definitely a, a, got a whole file cabinet full of receipts. Every time you stepped out of line, every time you messed up, every time you dropped the ball, every time you said you wasn't and then you was, every time you didn't and then you did. You know, the whole thing, the accuser of our brethren has been cast down down and we live in that era right you know we live in that receipt keeping area era we got the screenshots we got the text threads we got the emails we are the claire huxtables of the 21st century let the record show and just like it's hard to forgive other people of their wrongdoing 
we find it equally difficult to forgive ourselves. We find it hard to forgive ourselves for where we have messed up and where our decisions have led to hurt and drama and chaos and trauma. We find it hard to forgive ourselves for being so trusting, for being so gullible, for being too foolish, for being so blind, for being so quick to make that bad decision. And the problem with this is just like we can carry baggage from relationship to relationship, making it hard for us to trust and be vulnerable in those relationships, we can carry those receipts around, making it hard for us to be more than our mistakes. I'm going to repeat that. Just like we carry baggage from relationship to relationship, making it hard for us to trust and be vulnerable and open in those relationships, we can carry those receipts around, making it hard for us to be more than our mistakes. We have to be willing to stop dwelling in the doo-doo, okay? It's like, okay, you messed up. Okay, what did you learn? How have you grown from that? One of my favorite Proverbs in the Bible is Proverbs 4, 7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Some versions say wisdom is the main thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding. Some versions say with all thy getting, get understanding. When we mess up, when we drop the ball, when we touch the hot stove, There is an opportunity for learning and there is an opportunity for wisdom. The wisdom that we gain from life experience should guide us into better decision making the next go round. You don't take yourself off the team because you had a bad play. Now, you might need to sit on the bench for a while and think about what you did, but you're not off the team. Okay, so stop exiling yourself from love. Stop exiling yourself from life. Stop exiling yourself from the possibilities of prosperity because you had a human moment. Okay. Now, the next two stanzas of this passage, verses six and seven, that love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I will leave that for the next episode because it is way too much to unpack in the time that we have left. But I will say it perfectly positions us for part two of this series because love is what? Love is an action word. So in our next episode, we will see some examples of what that love looks like. I asked some of my followers on social media what self-love looked like, and I look forward to sharing their answers with you on the next show. So let's park it there. If you haven't registered for the whole and complete retreat, get yourself registered. I am so looking forward to having this experience with you in the desert. Arizona is gorgeous. If you have never been, my gosh, it is just breathtakingly gorgeous. So it's a desert oasis. It's a beautiful landscape. It is three days of healing and transformation and inner work that is long overdue and you need it. You deserve it. Treat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. Treat yourself. So go to wholeandcompleteretreat.com. Even if you don't have a buddy to go with, you're still going to have your own room, your own bathroom, your own balcony and all the rest of it. And Ultimately, you know, when it's when you have an assignment, okay, when you have a calling, when there are things that God needs you to do, this is not a group project. Okay, (laughs) if you need to get well, if you need to get whole, you need to put your own mask on before you try to, to, to rally others. And I know it seems safer that way, right? Like if you have a buddy, if you have a friend, but sometimes what God has for you is for you and you trying to, you know, rally the committee to your cause can cause you to miss out on what he has specifically for you. So check that out, get yourself registered and I will see you on the next episode. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says on Twitter, on Instagram, and I'll see you next time.